0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the calm collective podcast i'm cassandra and i'm so thankful that you're here today we have an amazing guest on the show her name is jessica gill and she is one of the team members of to be magnetic, which is a really beautiful platform that works on shadow work, all of the deep inner work, tapping into your subconscious, doing a lot of unlearning and unblocking. It's such beautiful work and something that I've been a part of for over two years now. And I was introduced um, to Jess just through sort of being a part of the To Be Magnetic community. She started liking some of my photos and like some of my. Um, podcast interviews and then through there I started following her. You know how that beautiful dance goes and I'm just really in awe of her journey and how she's gotten to where she is today and I just think that she will be such a beautiful expander for so many of you once you hear her episode. So we'll get into that in just a little bit but first I wanted to do a little recap um just kind of give some insight as to what's been going on this past week. So, I had my birthday on September 5th. It was one of the sweetest birthdays I've had in a really long time. Um my mom belongs to a boat club here in Chicago and in Naples where she lives during the winter, and we took the boat out. It was me, um my mom, Jonathan and then two of our best friends. Um, I don't think I've mentioned this, but Jonathan's childhood best friend is married to my childhood best friend. So it's really, really sweet when the four of us can be together. Um, Super special. So we went out on the boat. It was so relaxing. It came back to my apartment and we grilled on the roof and just had some wine and played some games and everyone was in bed around 10. So to me, that's pretty ideal. Um, I also, it's really interesting, because leading up to this birthday, I was feeling a little weird about being 35. For some reason, that just felt so old to me. And then 35 hit, my birthday hit, and I was like, oh... Nothing feels different. Like, I don't feel different. And it's not always true. I mean, I think the only time that my birthday felt really different was 18 and 21 for the obvious reasons. Because there was, like, this jolt of something that you could never do legally that now you can. Um, and so I think every year after that, it's like the energy's the same. I'm anticipating this big shift. And ultimately, I just feel more grounded and more wise and more at home within myself. And I don't really give a shit about the number, to be honest. My dad always said, it's not about how old you are, it's about how old you feel. And I think that's just so, so true. I don't even know if I could put a number on how old I feel. I just am, you know, it's like my mantra and here we are. Um, I feel that so deeply these days. And to be honest, Since I turned 35, there's been a lot of really beautiful synchronicities that have come through. The biggest being my new interior design job. Um, I will be an interior designer with a really amazing, intimate, small firm that's based out of Chicago called The Gosling Group. It's phenomenal. It's women-run. Their style is breathtaking. They focus on residential and are starting to break into some commercial spaces as well. And I'm going to start out part-time just because I'm still really busy with photography here in Chicago. Um, And then after the new year, I'm going to start being full-time, which is really, really exciting, and in addition to being on the design team, I am also going to be their in-house photographer, which is really magical because I've fallen in love with real estate photography and interior photography, and being able to combine my love of styling and shooting is really awesome, and having the goal to be an interior designer with my own clients under this firm is just something that I never thought that I would be able to have come to fruition. And the limiting belief around that is that I had already gotten to live one of my dreams, which was building my photography career and being a photographer and living off of the salary as an artist. And that has been 11 years of magic and truth and growth. And I feel just so beyond lucky that I get to live out two of my passions, photography and interior design. So truly, it's just been so magical. And to add to that, it's been really, really gratifying to work with clients one-on-one on my own as well. So generally, what's been happening... Some people will book the free consultation calls, but they're usually people that I don't know firsthand and who are out of town. They want to just get me on the phone for that 15 minutes. Um, those consultation calls are free, and we just kind of talk through their pain points and where they're um, you know, feeling stuck and what they need help with. And from there, we just decide if we're a good fit, and we move forward with booking a, um, a virtual session. Those have been really, really sweet. I've done a couple for people in Colorado, one in California, um, a family friend here in the Naperville area, a friend in um, Texas, little things like that. So that's been really, really awesome just as far as using my brain in that creative way and really getting to know my style, but also helping people to problem solve. It's been so awesome to see how natural that comes to me and just realizing that, you know, it's a gift and not feeling embarrassed or um, feeling like, who the hell do I think I am to offer that service? And getting this full-time interior design job, I think, just felt like really gratifying and just really solidified that I belong here, and you know that this is something that I'm really good at, and I can't wait to season myself more and to just learn everything there is to know about this industry. What else? I have been an organizing freak lately, and what's so funny is I've been organizing so much. I mean, I completely took apart my kitchen, redid my closet, my bathroom, my label maker has been used in full force. And then I sat down one day in the middle of organizing my kitchen because I was just toast, like I needed a break. And I turned on Netflix. And that day, the Home Edit had released a show all about organizing. And that was like such a gift because I geek out on stuff like that so much. I love seeing how people organize their home and their life and I binge that in two days. And it was just so funny that in the midst of my doing that and preparing for, you know, the fall and season of harvest and rest and deep nurturing, that this show was just aired. So that felt kind of kismet and it's really inspired me to just keep going. And to really get my home um, set up for success so that, you know, my things don't run my life. That's a really big deal to me. I never want to feel swallowed by my things. That's why I'm always decluttering. That's why I'm always trying to be super mindful about what comes into my home and then what goes out. Um, I donate things often. I definitely live by the Marie Kondo. Like, does this spark joy? Does this make me feel good? Why am I holding on to this? Is there a sentimental reason? Is this baggage? (laughs) Really important questions to ask yourself. And, you know, if you've been around for a while, you probably saw when I launched the declutter method, this course focuses solely on the emotional and the mental, um, you know, energy behind why we live cluttered lives and how we can unlearn that and repurpose and reframe our thoughts so that we bring things in and we organize our homes and our lives with deep intention. And it really does work. I can say that it works because it's exactly what I did. That's how the course was built. Um, That course is not available right now. I am working on the Declutter Method 2.0, which is hopefully going to come out in October, the latest early November. Um, It's actually going to be um, a full online course with my voice behind it, but more on that later because that's not something that we need to get into right now. So, oh, speaking of shows, if anyone has watched the show away with Hillary Swank. Oh my God. It is so, so good. She is just such a phenomenal actress, but I'm only on episode three and I'm completely blown away. So I just wanted to throw that out there for anyone who's looking for a show right now. It's a little intense. It's about, um, a group of astronauts who are making the journey to Mars and it is so well done. So visually stimulating and pleasing. Um, also, we're gonna get into the show in a second, but I wanted to ask if you all would be willing to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, that helps so much. It's such a beautiful way for the podcast to grow organically and just to land in the laps of those who are really needing some more mindfulness, who hear, who can hear from these amazing guests, who can feel heard and held and seen um, within their human experience. So when you do that, if you'd like, I would love for you to do this. Screenshot your review and email it to me at hello at the calm When you do that, I will send you a link to my online print shop um, where I have some of my original photography work. They're all instant downloads, and you can have any one of your choice for free. That's a $49 value, and that's just my way of saying thank you so much. Speaking of photography, uh, the last thing that I want to plug here is that majority of you probably know that I am a freelance photographer and will be hosting one day of mini sessions in Lincoln Park on October 17th here in Chicago. There are only three slots left, 1030, 230, and 430. So if you're in the Chicago area and you're looking for holiday cards or, you know, just lights you up thinking about getting some photos for whatever reason, whether you're coupled up, you need some new headshots, you want some family photos, some branding photos for your business, I'll include the link uh, to book your time slot in the show notes, so just scroll on down to find that. Okay, so on to today's interview with Jessica Gill. I really cannot wait for you all to hear from this beautiful human. Uh, She will no doubt leave you feeling so inspired, nourished, and just downright understood. So let's get to it. Hi, Jess. Welcome. I am so, so grateful that you're here.
1: Yay! This is so exciting. And I have to kick off by saying doing this podcast was my, one of my fastest manifestations. No. <laughs> because I was hiking with Amanda Blair. She had come out to LA over the summer and she was like, what are you manifesting right now? And I was like, I don't really have a lot of material things. They're more like bigger, like, you know, lifestyle or, mm. you know, confidence or something like that. And uh, I was like, she's like, you have to have one tangible thing. I was like, well, I'd like to be on a podcast. Like, instead of co-hosting, I'd like to, like, talk about that kind of stuff. And she goes, oh, yeah, that'll totally happen. And then you reached out literally, like, two days later. No
0: way, which is awesome because Amanda Blair's been on the podcast a couple of times. She's, like, one of my favorite humans. That's so cool. Well, I'm honored (laughs) to have you here. Yes, so excited. So with everything going on in the world right now, and transparency being something that feels obsolete, I guess, like with everything going on in the world. I really wanted to start this conversation by asking a simple yet powerful question. I got this from Brene Brown. She does this on her podcast, Unlocking Us. Love and I, Yeah, me too. And I was so moved. I was so moved by the first time that she did it. And so my first question is, how are you really? Oh, Um, Today, this week, this month, this mm-hmm. year, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In um, general, I guess I guess in this moment right now.
1: In this moment right now, I would say good, strong, feeling positive, optimistic. Mm-hmm. That is my preferred state in optimism. Even if things are difficult, mm-hmm. not not acknowledging the difficultness, but mm-hmm. saying, Okay, this is hard, but I have the capabilities of moving through it. Um But, I mean, that's, you know, that's not always the case on a day-to-day basis. I think this year has been challenging for literally everyone. Um, And, you know, each day is kind of a new opportunity to navigate. And it feels like it's, you know, you look at the memes where it's like, this happened this month and then this month and this month. And they're like, September, now it's all the fires. And then it's like, okay, what's October aliens. You know, it's like waiting. It's like this doomsday sort of waiting. And, you know, as heavy as everything feels, I think trying to pull out, like turn inward Mm. and trying to pull out like what is coming up for you and why is this coming up so strong for you? And how can you strengthen your connection with yourself through this time because it's really kind of reinforcing like our internal self is our strongest relationship we have and so if we're fighting against sitting with ourselves I mean it's it's a hard battle so I think that first check of like okay who am I what do I want how do I feel how can I navigate is like the first stop on the, on the
0: train there absolutely I love that. And I hear that so deeply. And I think, you know, when used with intention to this question, like just based on the answer that you just gave, I think this question just begs to be answered simply by deciding like to not be vague and to give the usual like, oh yeah, I'm good. Or like things are okay. okay. I think we allow our community and those listening, you know, to to just feel, like, less alone and to feel more understood. And we sort of demand that people tap into their soul and to that inner being a bit more when we decide to answer with intention and honesty. So thank you for being so transparent about that. I love your optimism, but it's really cool that you're like, look, I know not everything's like rainbows and butterflies. There's shit storms in between that. And, like, ultimately it's not forever, you know, and I think that's a really beautiful outlook.
1: Absolutely. And I mean did I wake up 10 times last night? Because there was like insane. I had so many dreams. Me too. Like, I, don't, I saw your, like, what is going on in the universe? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I woke up every hour.
1: It was wild. Like I yeah. kept waking up and it was like kind of a goodish dream or it was interesting. I'd be like, okay, I want to go back into the dream and I'd fall <laughs> asleep. And then a new one would pop up. And then I'm like, I don't know what's going on. wound up sleeping in late today, but you know what? That's, what I needed, and yep. that's what happened. So what can
0: you do? I know. I've been doing so much sleeping lately. I'm also a projector in human design, so I'm like, it's cool. It's what I need, but yeah. Good.
1: Lean into that.
0: Exactly. So before we really dive in, can you give us a short um, little background, just who you are, what you do, where you live, all that little fun stuff?
1: Yeah. Cool. Um, Okay, so I'll try to go through it quick because I'm like, oh, in that detail, in that detail. (laughs) Uh, But I'm from the East Coast originally. I'm from Jersey. Cool. Jersey girl, that sort of vibe without the, like, Jersey Shore style stuff. (laughs) Jersey's not really like that for anyone who hasn't been. Um, And then I went to film school at Penn State. Big 10 party school. Lots of fun. Tons of social interaction. Um, And then... After film school, I actually moved to Chicago with my college boyfriend at the time. Oh. Lived in Chicago for a little bit, was doing some casting stuff and film and television while also bartending at Raw Sushi, which you might be familiar with. I used
0: to work <laughs> there in my early 20s. That's so you funny. Did. I did. You we were there at the same time. I don't know. I feel like I would have remembered you because everyone what, was like pretty tight knit.
1: What location were you at? So I was
0: in Yorktown
1: okay okay i was in state street oh my gosh that's that's so
0: funny that's awesome um
1: and then wound up moving back east towards new york and started working for a television production company literally moved from intern to executive assistant to casting associate to running their casting department um and then producing for them in-house and kind of ran that to the top of the spectrum of what I could do at that company and kind of was like hitting my ceiling, Mm -hmm. um, and wanted to try freelance and then moved out to California, which had always been a dream of mine and, uh, did freelance television and producing out here and was writing and producing on some live shows and live comedy shows and, um, running some podcasts and then launched my own podcast and kind of blended these two huge passions of mine, which is like self-help, self, you know, actualization, uh, psychology, like obsessed with all of that stuff, and then sort of storytelling, mm. and um, that brought me to to be magnetic. And um, I run their podcast and media department there, so pretty much. Every everything under the sun relating to all of that and um, helping with strategy and, and all of the things. It's really all hands on deck over there as well. So everyone's just very collaborative. Um, and then, yeah, what was the other question?
0: <laughs> I think you nailed it. That's pretty much okay. it. Yeah, kind of like where you live, yeah. what you do, who you are. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I live in uh, – now I live in L.A., obviously. I live in sort of the Hollywood area, which I – love because I don't I'm sort of into human design but I'm not like an expert on all this stuff mm-hmm. and I just found out there's a section on human design called environment mm-hmm. and my environment is the shore and one of the things about it is like it can be the physical ocean but it can also be a place where two different like sort of entities collide and the street that I live on it's like a huge hill and the bottom of the hill is like Hollywood Boulevard craziness, like tourists, like just wild, insane. And then you move up a street and then it gets a little bit nicer and then you move up another street and it gets a little bit nicer. And then, so we're kind of like this nice apartment complex, like in between. And then at the top of the hill is the McMansions and like mm. all of these, you know, celebrities live up there and all this stuff. So it's like within my one street, I have this, this gap of just wealth and and and, I don't know intrigue I guess of different types of people that come along so I literally Mm -hmm. can step outside my balcony and have the environment of like two worlds
0: that's so cool and what's interesting is like the bigger picture because it's not one street but like where you're from in Jersey it's like you have the ocean and then you're also Mm -hmm. so close to New York City like that sort of energy so it's kind of cool that you even like your youth like where you grew up was sort of that environment too even though it was on a bigger scale
1: yeah, I think that's I, kind just, of cool. I always loved that. And I always loved, I don't know, just like the mixing of mm. uh, the fact that I can see the mountains and apartment complexes and high rises that like look like a city. I'm like, oh, these are two different worlds. This is so awesome. They're totally. blended.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. But, yeah. So for anyone who may not know, can you explain to be magnetic a little bit? We're going to talk about this because, you know, that's part of your work with them co-hosting the podcast and really talking and teaching people through manifestation. Personally, I'm a member of The Pathway, and we talked about this in the intro. Um, I was telling Jess, I was like, fuck, we should have been recording because we had such an awesome conversation leading (laughs) up to this, but it has changed my life in so many ways. It's been so supportive, Um, but I'd love for you to debrief anyone who may not understand the program and its purpose and sort of the magic in the work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So to be magnetic, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of manifestation in the past. If you haven't, a lot of it is a lot of uh, law of attraction, think positive, like call into the vortex, that sort of thing align with the vibration. And while some of that might resonate with you and some of that might work like like Lacey, our founder, Lacey Phillips, um, who created and discovered this whole process. She found and I found, too, that like just thinking positive thoughts was not getting me the things that I was looking for. Um, It felt really good and it got me excited and hopeful, which is definitely an an energy level that you want to be at to call things you want. But there's so much more to that. And so to be magnetic is kind of this amazing blend of psychology, neuroscience, and the energetics of manifestation, and really understanding that in order to manifest, which is really just actualizing the things you want in the physical plane. It's really just, you know, your goal lists. Like, I always try to break it down into mm. layman's terms, because mm-hmm. especially my East Coast friends are like, manifestation, what's that? Like, I'm like, it's just your goals. It's what you want out of life. It's what you want to see as possible. Like you write a resolution list in New Year's, it's no different. And they're like, okay, okay. And they kind of like come on board a little bit. But what I love so much about To Be Magnetic is it's blending, it's fully backed by neuroscience and what's happening in the brain. And so the idea is that you're actually manifesting from your subconscious beliefs, which are rooted um, in childhood from zero to 14. And so uh, I forget who It might, it might've been Joe Dispenza, but Mm. essentially they were saying your brain as a child is essentially on record for the first seven years of your life. So you're just witnessing everything going on and understanding how you should factor into what's going on in the world. And so every time that you feel, you know, low self-worth or doubt, or you come up against something and there's a lot of friction, like you're triggered by an event, that's an invitation to like look inward and see if that belief is aligned with you anymore. And if it maybe had to do with, you know, what a kid said to you when you were five in kindergarten or how your mom treated you or what you needed from your dad or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this to be magnetic because this beautiful world where it sort of blends all of these things, invites you to look inward and really just take, accountability and, like, control back of all the things coming up for you in order to process and then manifest.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Such a beautiful explanation. And I even remember being brand new to the program. Um, This was, like, two years ago, I think. And I won't lie. I mean, to me it was, like, a shiny penny. I was, like, oh, manifest. Like, I can just, like, manifest stuff. Like, awesome. I'm going to do the work. This is great. And then I started and I was, like, oh, shit. This is, like (laughs) – really hard. I mean, here's the thing is that it's so much about facing your mental health, meeting yourself where you're at, right? Yep. So for you, when you were starting this work, what would you say was, maybe still is, your biggest struggle, your biggest mental health battle and Mm -hmm. where you're having to continue to meet yourself? within this work, like what are your blocks when you come up against manifestation? Do you have a reoccurring one? Is it different based on the seasons? Is it both? And
1: definitely both. And there's definitely things where I'm like, cool, I'm done with that. I'm, I've unblocked it. I'm <laughs> good. And then I'll get like little tinges of it. I'm like, damn, okay. Got to go back in and yeah. like, come see yeah. how I can navigate it again. Um, but I would say for me, there was a couple of like major themes in my life that were like the thing that I'm like, why I consciously know why I'm doing this. Mm. I know why my brain is programmed to do this. You know, it's like a protection mechanism, Mm. but I'm still hitting the wall. Um, and one of them was trust issues in relationship. That was like, I was anxious attachment, you know, family of child of divorce, like very messy divorce affairs all of these things that were very you know taboo at the time and there was a lot of I had to process around that and so I carried that into my relationship and was very hyper vigilant of like ooh, is this a threat can this mean that this person's gonna cheat blah 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 all these things and I have worked on it for years and years and years before TBM work even came into my life with therapists and I never really like crossed over the hump like it was like I still like it was still there. I couldn't like really get to a healthy place with it. And not to say that I need to get rid of any like urge or fear, but to bring it to a place where I can acknowledge it as separate from me and acknowledge it as a defense mechanism instead of reality. Mm. Um, and so it wasn't until starting the TBM work in conjunction with therapy that I was able to really move through it and thank goodness I have like the best partner in the world who (laughs) you guys are so cute move through it but like that's one of the things that was coming up a lot and to knock on wood I'm not saying it'll never come up again but like I truthfully can say that I've healed that in such a massive way like who I was even so so me and my partner have been together for four and a half years now. And I would say the first, like, seven months is when my insecurities and fears started after honeymoon phase is over, started, like, rearing its head. And now it's been, like, after really going in and moving through all that stuff, it probably took, like, a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Totally different person. And now it's been, like, two years in this, like, new version of our relationships.
0: I love that so much. Yeah. Mine has always been, what was so interesting is mine was has always been like, I don't deserve that. That's like the quote I, that I pops up that again I, and again. And what's so crazy is that it always roots back to how I was treated by quote unquote friends and the opposite sex in childhood through my like young adult life. It's yeah. so nuts to be like, oh my gosh, it's like such an imprint in my brain that even when I feel like, like you said, even when I feel like I've cured that again, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, cured that it's a wound, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, I -hmm. think it's forever going to come back up. And it's something that like, I've even said to myself, like, oh my gosh, my future babies are going to be by me at least so nourished in that space and know how deserving they are because it's their birthright because I am so sensitive to that um, limiting belief, you know?
1: I would say the one thing that, well, okay. So so trust issues is the one that I feel like kept coming up and I really healed. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, I always try to boil it down. Like what was, how, how was I able to get to just, just a better relationship with it and, and healthier with it? And I think the main question, it got to a point where I was like, um, so this belief is keeping me safe because essentially the idea of having a trust issue is, I'm going to fear for the worst because if it happens, I won't be surprised. Right. And then realizing that I'm putting myself in suffering probably just as much as if it happened by surprise.
0: Mm, That's so true.
1: So like, what am I, I'm wasting so much time and energy putting myself in this suffering state to protect myself from this one moment where I might be sad for a little while. Like, Also, I've been sad for a little while, many times in my life, and I've moved through it. So it's possible. So like vision holding that and reinforcing, Mm -hmm. you know, I deserve to be happy now. Me choosing to continue on those anxious and fear-based behaviors is actually hurting my relationship now, and I'm going to lose the good parts of my relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think thinking, you know, for yours, I don't feel deserving. What are the ways that that's coming up where... It's actually hindering your happiness now by thinking that.
0: Mm, that's so good. Yeah.
1: That that was so helpful. Um, and I think about it too. The other revolving thing that comes up for me a lot is body image issues, mm. and that's one that goes and ebbs and flows. Like sometimes I'm like it's gone, and then other times like it's back. Um, and so that one is like it's a work in progress, and it changes every day. And I think. I'm at the healthiest place I've been with it, but it's still like, damn, there's like a little bit more I can do there. And so I try to remind myself, like I'm robbing myself of my happiness by shaming my body or looking at my body and, you know, a distaste or being upset or just saying, cool, today I don't feel as comfortable in it. That's fine. Tomorrow I'll feel different, you know, Mm -hmm. and just try to, accept all the phases Mm because that's such a big piece of it.
0: I love that you said that. That, like, sent a chill down my spine because that's something – I don't usually have body image issues, not to say that I'm always like, oh, I feel great. It's just not something – I'm kind of like, eh, shrug my shoulders and move on. But – A lot of people listening probably already know from Instagram and stuff that I just finished freezing my eggs and that's like hormone overload. And so I feel totally out of body and I've been like crying because I'm just like, I'm not, I literally feel like a pregnant person because I'm like, what's (laughs) happening to my body? And it's been a really cool experience, like you said, to do that work and to also just stand in the mirror and be like, wait a minute. My body just did something insane, you know? Like, the fact that, A, she can do that, and, B, that, like, I just did that for myself is enough to be, like, cool. Like, whatever. Baggy sweater. No big deal. Mm -hmm. You know? And my partner, Jonathan, has been so sweet about it, too, where he was, like, you know, essentially just, like, no way, babe. You're a vessel. Like, that is so cool. Like, don't even sweat it. And that's – it's going to – it changes all the time. It's it's our – it's our mind frame and like how we think about ourselves. That's our true home. That's what I try and remember. You know, like my body is the vessel. My mind, my soul is my home. And if like that. that can be lovely and nourishing, everything else will follow suit. But it's no lie that, like you said, it takes work. You know, you have to be willing to, to dig and be mindful
1: mm-hmm.
0: and be willing to I show I think up that's such an
1: important part. And that's like, part of what helped me really like knock out through the trust issue stuff was like kind of reframing and reprogramming Mm -hmm. every way I was thinking about things to a feeling of safety, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of what I'm working through in the body image stuff. It's like, okay, when I feel uncomfortable in my skin and I feel that inner critic kind of come up, why am I thinking that this is bad? Let's Mm. reframe this. Let's go in and say this body type is, is perfect, is in, is desirable, is what's on the cover of the magazine, like this role, that role is fierce. Like let's reprogram that. And then it's like, okay, when it comes up, Oh great. I did the work to go in and like mm-hmm. reframe that. hmm I think that's where so many shifts happen.
0: And again, like I I feel bad for any listeners who aren't familiar with to be magnetic or the path or anything like that. But just really quick, I want to touch on that is like really important too with body image for me, I found is to find an expander. And Mm -hmm. if it's someone who's famous, even better, because they're getting that like media attention. And for me, my body shape is similar to Christina Hendricks from Mad Men, Um, the redhead. Yeah, like she's very curvy, but she like owns her sexuality she owns her curves there are so many tiny women around her and she's like no like this is what's up you know Uh and that for me like whenever I'm in a low dip I'll even just like turn that on as background noise because it's just like a subconscious thing of like she's stunning I know she's Uh stunning so what makes my body shape any different you know hundred percent. And I think finding, I mean, I started following, um,
1: I think like hashtag normalized body. Yes. And I think there's another one, body neutrality, mm-hmm. just like different body hashtags. And I've never really followed hashtags before on my feed. And I was like, I don't know what this is really going to do, but it just populates my feed on mm-hmm. Instagram with different body types brilliant like and it's just so helpful when you're going through your feed and I unfollowed all the models like years ago yeah but occasionally someone looks really tiny and beautiful in their bikini body and I'm like oh no I should look like that and then I scroll and there's someone who might have a bigger body than I do and I'm like wow she looks amazing mm-hmm. okay cool it's not this one or this one it's all of them yeah um and reframing that is such a such
0: a help. <laughs> I love that idea. Following. A ha- I love the I um follow. I think her name is Mi- uh, Mick. Shoot. I'm going to get this wrong. Zayon or something like that. I'll add her in the show notes because for anyone who is really resonating with what Jess and I are talking about right now, she's amazing. And I'll share her profile with you because I think you'll really, really love her. She just like calls out everything, posts these like supernatural photos, and it's been super, super helpful. So following oh, a hashtag yeah. like that is a really good suggestion. Um, so I want to dive into manifestation, especially your personal experience, because I personally have heard you on podcasts before with to be magnetic and your, um, some of your manifestations. So I'm really excited for you to share maybe a couple that stand out to you. So can you take us through some of those maybe in detail so that listeners can sort of get a feel for how it works? So like beginning to end.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so I would say one of my biggest manifestations was definitely my partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like the quintessential, I had a list, I told my best friends, like, this is what I'm looking for in a partner. And it came after a period of so much internal work, like going through all my past relationships. Why was I attracted to these people? Why was I not standing in my worth? Why did I not have any boundaries? Why was I insecure? Why, you know, going through all that stuff and really assessing like what role did I play in all of these past relationships Um, and getting really clear on what I wanted for a future one and what I wanted the dynamics to be. Because I think a lot of my partnerships in the past may have checked the box on a couple of things I was looking for, but there was never like the complete package of everything that like my soul truly needed. And honestly, I was like 18 to 25. So it was very hard to know what I wanted at that phase anyways. um, And, you know, I was in a place where for the first time in my life, I wasn't feeling Like, I I was always someone who jumped in so many relationships. Mm. Like, I'd be in this one for five years and this one for two. And, you know, I was a big boom, boom, boom relationship person. Mm -hmm. And right before I found my person, I was like, okay, I am not going in a relationship for at least six to eight months. Let's be alone. See what that's like. Let's date. We've never really done the dating thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was no expectation. I wasn't like, I'm dating to find my person. I was like, I'm dating because I know this is good for my growth and my mental health. And so I would date people and be like, Oh, red flag. Like I'm not, you know, this is not the person. And I would like no know right away, but like, I would still, I would also know, like if I rescheduled a date with them or it was a fun time, there was zero pressure. Cause I knew like, whenever I'm ready to settle down, so to speak, or find my person, then I I'll cut this off. No problem. Like there was a, such clear boundaries and communication even with the people that I was going out on, on dates with it was like I'm looking for this this and this and they'd be like "Great, I'm looking for that I'm like oh perfect we're not a match maybe like yes yeah, sounds good if you see anyone that's I'm looking for mm-hmm. like let me know yeah. it was just like very conscious of a situation um and I actually wound up getting connected with him um at a point where like I I was open to the possibility of a relationship but I wasn't in like a need of it or it wasn't something we talk about in be magnetic a lot is like the dog paddling energy they're like oh I really want to find him I really want to find him it was like I'm chilling life is great I'm just open to new experiences I know what I want long term but I I trust in the universe and in what's happening that it's going to come along in the right time and um, we wound up connecting through a friend that I actually met when living in Chicago. Mm. So it was kind of a, it was so weird because the friend that I worked with at Raw Sushi in Chicago, we bartended there together and then she moved out to LA. I went to New York. When I came back to LA, her and I reconnected and I read her off my list. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna find this guy in LA. Like everyone I keep coming up against, like either is, you know, just wasn't alliance. And I was really looking for, someone creative, someone driven, someone who had like strong family values and like wanted a family, who wanted monogamy, who was not afraid to have those hard conversations. And one thing that was big for me was like, I want to, like, I love peeling off the layers and knowing what's below it and how do we get deeper and Mm -hmm. how do we, you know, connect on another level and anyone who, like, couldn't have those conversations, I was like, this is not going to be mm-hmm. the person. They don't have to have it right away, but they have to be willing to go there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that was huge. And then someone who is, like, in touch with their emotions, they, you know, I'm s- such a softie at heart and can cry just thinking about, you know, a beautiful story of someone's whatever. <laughs> and I need them to not only not judge me, but like appreciate and love that about me and maybe have their own like soft side. Mm -hmm. And so immediately she's like, do you know our other roommate, Daniel? And I was like, no, I've been to your house. How many times? How do I not know you have a roommate? And she's like, yeah, he's from Chicago. You know, so one of our, her boyfriends now husbands, best friends, you have to meet him, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, well, I don't want to be like set up. It has to be no pressure situation. So, why don't I, the apartment complex I was living at the time had like a pool and a little, it went over to like a little trailhead where you could like see all of LA. Mm. And so I was like, well, they're having a big 4th of July party. Why don't you guys all come over and we'll kind of, I'll kind of suss it out and see if I'm into him. And immediately I was like, Oh, okay. I could see like <laughs> this guy's awesome yeah. and I could definitely see it. And uh, I was like, so what are your favorite books? And he's like, the Alchemist
0: and no. <laughs> the War of
1: Art by Stephen <laughs> Pricey- ding, I was ding, like
0: done. Yeah, I'm in. The Alchemist. Come on, Daniel. Yeah.
1: I know, <laughs> but he was actually. It was so funny because he's he's very charismatic and very funny, but he's not stereotypically like in the past like the smooth dater guy like that yeah. just like wasn't his thing yeah and uh we were both really into music like he works in music I'm obsessed with music I'm like constantly scoring my life by listening to <laughs> soundtracks and such and we were playing the music uh, through my phone and it was open at one point and he went in and texted himself and said uh Hey, hey Daniel, it's been such a wonderful time getting to meet you. I can't wait to hang out again. Like you're a really cool guy. I didn't see this. We're at this, you know, tons of people around, didn't really think of it. And then after he left, he like wrote back from his phone and was like, Oh, thanks, Jess. Like it was so fun.
0: What is going on? That
1: is so funny. I was taken. I was taken. If it was someone else, I might have been like, "That was a really isn't that the truth."
0: That's how you know. That is like a very strong sign of like something that like you can say out loud. Like that would normally probably turn me off or like (laughs) be strange. Yep. But when the right person does it, you're like, "Mm, you kind of walk on water. Like that was cute. Yeah.
1: It was, it was a really good move. And Mm. then we played it super slow. Like we took, I think we, it was like three weeks before our first date and Mm. we were trying to do like a, a playlist battle who could make a better playlist for each other. So there's all these like early stage bonding things that we did that weren't, you know, running into things because, Mm -hmm. you know, my habit was, okay, you're the one, let's go. Mm -hmm. Like, let's Full speed ahead and I was like let's really take this intentionally and he was really at the exact same phase at his life so yeah. it just worked out perfect
0: and so lovely for you too like even though you still had you know your trust demons kind of trickle in later but like still lovely to take that time and sort of build that trust even for those few weeks you know as opposed to just like diving in and being like I don't really know anything about you yet but like let's Let's go, you know, but you're really getting to like feel for someone before you take the plunge. I think that that's really important. A hundred
1: percent. And I think, you know, it's interesting. And I do want to break this, like demystify this because so many Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, once I found my person, like we don't fight, nothing's wrong. Everything's blah, blah, blah. And that might be true for some people. And that's amazing. But I think that if you're really, you know, growing as an individual, you're growing in your life, you're moving through different phases, like you're going to fight at some point, like oh, your yeah. shadows are going to come up, you're mm-hmm. going to project on each other. And I think the key is that doesn't mean that that's not your person. It just means how can you do this in a healthier way? Mm-hmm. How can you not project? How can you take accountability for why you're so upset with this person? And how can you communicate differently? I mean, I can't tell you, I'm so thankful, but like, we'll re- Relationship communication box of mm-hmm. like, okay, this is how we say it better. Mm-hmm. And now this argument doesn't feel like an argument. It feels yeah. like so good. And so I just want to put it out there that if you're ever, especially during quarantine, I'm sure people are fighting with their partners. It's totally possible Mm -hmm. to move through. It's just about implementing those tools.
0: And honestly, that goes, I love that you said that because that goes for material possessions as well. You could manifest your dream car and that dream car might be beautiful, but it could break down at one point. It doesn't make it any less awesome. Mm -hmm. And like Amanda Blair manifested her dream apartment and shared on her Instagram stories that her shelves completely collapsed and like broke all (laughs) of her dishes. You know, it's easy for us to like look at something with one lens and be like, oh shit, maybe this isn't correct. So I yeah. love that you said that, you know, about the relational piece, um, and that translates very well into the manifesting possessions as well. It's like nothing is perfect.
1: hundred percent.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah. what is the biggest lesson that you would say that the practice of manifestation has taught you?
1: Um, uh, probably like self-regulation and self-accountability, mm-hmm. which is everything. Like it sounds like... I guess if I would have heard that two years ago, I'd have been like, ah, I don't need that or I don't want mm-hmm. that. That changes your presence on a daily yeah. basis. Mm-hmm. If someone saying something that hurts your feelings in the world bothers you and now you have the tools to like go back in and examine why and perhaps give yourself a healing or figure out, you know, this is something that we do in all of our deep imaginings, which mm-hmm. is like our reprogramming um, hypnosis and visualization exercises. But you can go back into this manifestation practice and really dig into those feelings, feel them fully and move through them so you can show up differently. That is just, I mean, it's just game changer.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I remember, I mean, I would have to agree and say like mine is probably radical self-awareness. So Mm -hmm. same, same, um, being able to own what's mine where I'm wrong how I'm feeling what I might be emoting and not Uh pointing fingers and it took me a while to to get to that place because my biggest trigger was always being taken advantage of so Uh like not feeling seen or heard or appreciated and I remember being with one of my childhood friends recently and I said to her I'm like whenever that happens whenever I'm triggered." I always go back to the memory, to a memory, you know, that's like so painful. It transports me like right there to that moment. Often, you know, my dad passing away, I can like Mm -hmm. take whatever my trigger is. And it's that pain, like that experience. Yeah. And she was like, well, of course we go to what cuts us the deepest. Mm -hmm. Right. And the most horrifying pain you've ever been through was watching him die. And that's so true. And while I think that still happens anytime I'm triggered I think I think thanks to that radical self awareness, I can point to that and say like ah I know what that is like it's okay it's okay like it it's not that overarching storm cloud it's actually something so tiny that like because of the self awareness because of this inner work and this practice, and what manifestation can teach you it's not just creating a list, and saying like this is what I want it's saying you're creating a list because you know your worth and you also recognize your triggers. A hundred percent. And being able to get familiar with Uh what, with what those triggers are. I think that's so powerful. And I think,
1: you know, we try to like stuff down our emotions so many times and we're like, I'm strong. And that's the one thing that I think really sets to be magnetic manifestation practice apart from like anything else I've seen is that is all like when a negative feeling comes up, like reframe it to be positive always. And it's like, yes. After you felt that emotion, after you understand why that's coming up, where that's coming up from, um, and what's going on because otherwise your spiritual bypass. So I think what you said of like, okay, when those triggers are coming up, it feels like the pain from your dad passing, you know, in that moment you might need just five minutes because you had a thought about your dad to go cry. Mm -hmm. You know, you might need a minute to like hug yourself and like comfort yourself and just like feel that pain all the way through. Then you can get to the point of, okay, that was really painful. This is just my brain trying to protect me from feeling this pain ever again. Is this reality? Is this really, am I about to experience this pain? And nine times out of 10, you're not. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, it's your fear of experience the pain again, but not actually feeling it, you know, mm, it's getting into yeah. those five senses. And I think, you know, meditation work is really helpful for this. And the deep imaginings are really helpful for this, but it's really just getting back into your body and recognizing like, what is a fact, like mm-hmm. what is real in this moment right now? Um, because whatever your brain is wired to sort of help you with, it's not probably happening in totally. that exact moment.
0: Yeah. So true. Okay, so this is fun. On Instagram this morning, I asked some of my followers, you did the same, to submit any questions that they had surrounding manifestations. So it was pretty last minute, but we got a handful. So I'm eager to have you answer them. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Okay. So the first one is, what if I don't feel deserving of what I want to manifest? Can it still come to fruition?
1: Absolutely. But I think part of it coming to fruition is moving through that deservingness. Mm. So I think if you're not feeling deservingness, A, is it a general sense of not feeling deservingness? Like, are, are is this happening in every facet of your life? Or are there items in your life where you do feel deserving? Like, for example, a lot of times people write in and they're calling in a partner um, and they're like, I don't feel deservingness. But they just manifested like a bomb ass job. Mm. So they're deserving in a job. Right. And so like, how do you now translate the sort of self-worth you have for that other manifestation to the other one you're calling in? And it's, it's good to really take each thing that you're manifesting piece by piece because they hit different triggers. They hit different parts. They're looping different stories. And so I'd be curious to know what this person is calling in. Cause then you can really understand like, where is the deservingness piece? Mm -hmm. Like, is it a relationship one where you have to look back at maybe your inner child and dynamics with parents and also look at your expanders and see that other people have it and you can have it too. Like we're all, you, we're all, um, authentic and whole at our core selves. And so every part of manifesting is pulling back the layers to really get to that already whole worthy authentic self Mm -hmm. so you already are deserving period Mm -hmm. now you just got to figure out why you're telling yourself you're not because you already are like Mm -hmm. take that for truth you know
0: Mm -hmm. second one is my husband always mocks me when I talk about manifestation tips for getting someone on board Mm,
1: it's interesting we had a good uh supported one of our like in our pathway membership and I'm so sorry for everyone who like doesn't know all of this language please come check it out it's (laughs) amazing you're like what is this like what are they talking about um but supported is our monthly class where we like answer questions from all of our users and so we just had one recently with our coaches and we had a very similar question and so I think the thing here is Twofold. One, you can't force someone to get into the work, right? If it's not their path, that doesn't mean that you guys can't have a path together, especially in a relationship. You totally can, but you can't force someone to get in the work. At Mm -hmm. the same time, perhaps having a conversation around, you know, hey, this is actually so important to me, and this is what this work brings to me in my life, and I would really appreciate it if you could just value the fact that I care about it. Like, you don't have to care about it. You could think it's crazy and silly and woo woo, but this is so important to me. And when you mock it, it makes me feel like this, you know, yeah. having a quick conversation and then even doing sort of that inner work of how do I hold that boundary? You mm-hmm. know, like how do I hold that energetic boundary with my partner that this isn't cool for him to mock this practice? Cause it makes it it, it reflects back to me like a smaller version of self that like, right. I can't have what I want. And right. so what's that energetic boundary that you need to kind of hold up in the
0: relationship? So good. Okay. The next question is what was the first thing that you ever manifested?
1: Um, Probably. Hmm. Well, with the, TBM work specifically, the first thing that i really manifested was like launching a podcast mm. that was like so full in had the pain, you know, followed the pain, did the inner work, moved through the like, you know, uh, who am I to do this? Like, no one wants to hear what I have to say. Like, how am I going to do this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm good at helping other people do theirs. Why would I do my own? Um, and like doing it and launching it and taking action and having it be successful and having it be, in fact, the thing that helped me land my current position. So follow those pings. People, yes. They're like your little intuitive hits. Yes.
0: I just made, so this person had to chop up their question. <laughs> so I kind of interpreted it a little bit, but I just made a manifestation list and the first thing on there was a car. I see that car everywhere now. Is that a sign?
1: It could be a sign. It could definitely be a sign. I would say check in more so than seeing it everywhere with how deserving you feel for that car. Ooh, yeah. And Also, is the car realistic to come through in the next, like, six to nine months? Mm -hmm. Because, like, sometimes, and this is one big sort of thing with manifestation, is a lot of people will put, you know, Lacey talks about this a lot in in her experience, but she was working at the Laugh Factory and was on a waitress Mm -hmm. salary, and she's manifesting her dream home in in Malibu. And it's so funny, because when she shares that story, she shared it on our podcast and other people's before... I remember first moving to LA, working production jobs in like a tiny apartment and being like, My next home is gonna be a mansion by the <laughs> beach. Right. And really every day visualizing being there. And it doesn't work like that. Like you're in your conscious mind thinking that you want this one thing, but there's steps that need to take place in order for you to actually feel like it's believable. And mm-hmm. so your subconscious. Like, my subconscious did not see a belief. I've never saw anyone purchase a home. I've never seen anyone purchase or live in a home of that magnitude who was at my age range. I had no expanders. Mm -hmm. I wasn't taking any action towards getting it, you know. So a manifestation is not going to drop from the sky just because you desire it unless you are unblocking your subconscious beliefs. Mm-hmm. You are really expanded to do it. You have tests that come along and which means you're not settling for anything. Um, so yes, it could be a sign that your car is close. but I would look at, are you expanded? Do you think you can afford it? Does it feel like something possible in the next six to nine months? Start checking those things. Um, cause that's a better indicator of if you're close.
0: Mm-hmm. Next question is What got you into the field of manifestation? Um,
1: honestly, it was the psychology component. Mm. It was way less to do with here's my goal desires forever and this is what I'm interested in. It was more the understanding how that is so connected to your psychology and how your brain works and functions. Mm-hmm. I'm so fascinated by that. I read on like different mental health um, issues and a new book every month. Like I just read one about narcissists, like just because, cause I want to know more about what's happening in the brain with a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Like I just love psychology. I think it's so fascinating and I love understand. it, it to me, it gives me like autonomy. It's like, mm-hmm. if I can learn more about the brain and how I function, and then that can help me understand how other people are functioning, like then we can live in a more harmonious
0: world. Yeah, it makes you so much more compassionate too, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so can you manifest can you manifest a proposal from your partner? Uh, so
1: Heather, one of our amazing coaches, was actually really, really trying to do this with her husband. Her story Um, is wild,
0: P. S. If anyone does not know, I'm gonna link that episode because it is crazy for me speaking of manifestation. Oh my gosh.
1: The epitome of boss babe. Yeah.
0: She's amazing. (laughs) Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: No, totally fine. Um, What are you, what does a proposal mean to you? And what are the feelings that you're trying to give? So a lot of times when people write down things in manifestation, they're manifesting from their ego wants and desires, Mm. which is actually not really your aligned, authentic core. Mm. So get back to understanding what do you think that this proposal means to you? What does it say? Are you just trying to do it to impress your friends at home, to live up to an expectation? Mm. Or are you guys trying to have a kid and you want to be married for a year before having a kid? Let's say it's this timeline, you know, why do you need to control this timeline? And I would just recommend that a marriage is, is a serious thing. You know, it's a very serious commitment and you don't want to be pressuring someone to, to make that move before they're ready. Cause that's where like resentment can build and shame can build and guilt can build and insecurity can build. And so you don't want to build a relationship off of all of those things. You want to show up as your most whole person, not needing anything from even your partner in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like you want to be able to fully support and be autonomous on your own. So, um, you can have that once that you're moving in that direction, but I would, I would kind of dig deeper and like, what does that proposal mean to you? Um, because you can't, you can't manifest for someone else. Mm-hmm. So you needing a proposal from your partner is signaling that you want him to be a part of that manifestation. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's really more from the ego mm-hmm. than your whole
0: self. Well, one of the questions was, can you manifest for someone else? So I'll skip that one.
1: <laughs> yes, that's a no, unfortunately. Otherwise, like, yeah, everyone has their own free will and totally. autonomy. And yeah. it's just, I, I think it's more empowering knowing that you're not manifesting for anyone else so because true. it's up to you mm-hmm. and how you control your inner self and how you show up in the
0: world. Mm-hmm. I believe you can send good vibes and that can be Absolutely. completely received. But,
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that makes send sense. Send good vibes, send prayers, do all of that stuff, mm-hmm. but manifesting, no.
0: Um, yeah. Okay, next question is things on your manifestation list that you're wanting to manifest for the remainder of 2020.
1: So when I first started doing tube magnetics, like manifestation work, I would put a lot of physical items on the list because I needed to build my manifestation muscle. I needed to know like it was possible to call like physical items in, Mm. even though what I was really desiring was like a new job and this and that, you know, all these other things. So I don't really put a lot of physical items on there anymore. Occasionally when they like catch my eye, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll throw it on. So the only physical thing I have on there right now is this, this brand lack of colors, they have incredible, cool, stylish hats. So I have one of those hats on there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but other than that, my biggest thing that I'm working on manifesting right now is, um, Moving through body image shame and triggers and getting to like a healthier space with it. And I feel like I've just gone through the ringer this year because it's so funny. There was a meme that was like, In quarantine, I've gotten both in shape and then back out of shape, and quarantine's still not over. It feels so real. And so it's really just, I mean, I've been so tuned into w- witnessing like, when does that inner critic? get louder and what what am I doing and what's happening and what is this really about and um how do I give myself more grace and love and understanding and not fixate on the things they don't like and Mm. celebrate the things that I don't even pay attention to like having cool wrists or something Mm. you know (laughs) um so that's a big one and I feel like I'm I would say I've I'm about like 80 percent there at like another acceptance level and to be at like a, wow, I feel like i made serious progress on this this year.
0: Yeah. So two things that kind of stood out to me with your answer, this isn't anyone else's question. This is like my intrigue and I think it's helpful for other people to hear it. So you can manifest like a state of being like a state of mind. Oh, I don't, I honestly don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. you can. Oh, that's amazing. I mean,
1: I would say when people first come to manifestation, they want all the tangible items. Sure. And what kind of winds up happening is you get all the tangible items. You realize, like, they're not actually that hard to get on that wavelength, like, once you feel in your deservingness and you do, you know, follow the process. Um, And then it's like... It's almost like your ego gets all the things that it wants and then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. what I'm craving is actually none of these physical things. It's a mindset. It's a confidence. It's a, um, relief of dealing with this shame or mm-hmm. grief or trigger or this or that. So mm-hmm. yes, you can absolutely manifest the state of being
0: amazing. So it's like the billionaire still being miserable mm-hmm. is like exactly. the example. Yeah. Okay. You could
1: have the boat and the girl yeah. and the money and the company and the, you know, Forbes cover spread or whatever, and inside you're sad. So yeah. let's manifest a happy human instead of these items that we think are going to fill it.
0: Honestly, I'm due for an updated manifestation list, and I'm seriously, I didn't know that. So I'm excited <laughs> to yes. to do something like that. The second thing was um, for people who are interested in starting this work, so am I hearing correctly that your tip for anyone starting would be to do material items and just start really small? I would say, yeah, you can put on both, right?
1: So like, if you know for sure, like, I want to come in and manifest, um, you know, a healthy body image issue or a healthy body image, period. You can put that on. That's, like kind of your bigger one that you're maybe working through, especially if you have a lot of blocks in that Mm -hmm. or triggers that may come up. But if you've never gone through the process before, you've never manifested any, any physical items, I would throw some of those on, especially like little tiny ones just to like strengthen your trust muscle that like this process works. Yeah. You're deserving. You can have the things you want. It's so funny. One of the, our um, members who was on a podcast said that, she got so strong with manifesting physical items that one day she was like, oh, I just really need a printer, just a basic printer. I don't want to have to pay for a new one. Like, I just, I, I hope it kind of just like comes around. And she's seen friends sort of like thrift and find like tech stuff before. So yeah. she was expanded into knowing it. That day she went downstairs and someone in her building was throwing away a printer, but it didn't have like the wire cable, like that connects to your um you know that you plug in for Mm -hmm. electricity or whatever (laughs) um and she said okay universe like I know you gave me this printer and I'm so thankful but just figure like help me like show me the wire like where do I go for the wire like she was so 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 expanded not even kidding the wire was dropped in front of her apartment complex on the sidewalk
0: no yeah. way. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, that's like a great thing. That stuff happens. Story. That's not woo.
0: That just like happens sometimes. It's, like, it's yeah. so
1: possible. So yeah. it's like you, again, she knew it was possible. She saw it happen to friends. She had no pressure on it. There yeah. was no expectation. She mm-hmm. didn't give it a timeline. She was like, I want this thing. Like, I trust. She was in such trust and deservingness it just kind of aligns and that's kind of the beauty of the work is like when you're meeting everything and you've Mm -hmm. gone through all of those blocks, like the things
0: align Mm -hmm. in the timing. So this is the last question and this is the perfect follow-up. So this person said, what if your manifestation doesn't come through? What does that mean?
1: So then you kind of look back on where you're at in the process. So do you have expanders? Do you see that it's possible for you? Not that it's possible just for other people, but noticing those people have a lot of the qualities that you have. And so if they had it, you can have it as well. Mm. Um, are you passing tests, which are essentially opportunities? You know, people get scared of the word test, but don't think of it as like a pass fail. Think of it as an opportunity. So, do you have, um, Lacey calls it like the dangling carrots. Is it like everything on your list except for this one thing? And, you know, you could settle for it cause it's like good enough or are you going to trust it can really come through? So
0: the printer without the wire, she could have taken mm-hmm. that printer, but she was like, hold on, let me, let me see thing. the wire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay.
1: And so it's like really knowing that you're deserving of the whole complete piece of your list and what you're calling in and really like, are you being tested? A good sign that your manifestations are probably close is you're getting tested a lot. Um, and lots of different ways. Like for example, when I was calling in a new job, transferring jobs from, you know, production jobs that I wasn't loving at the time to a more fulfilling company Mm -hmm. that I was doing media work, but not, but with a message and a purpose, I would have my old companies call me and be like, we'll pay you double. You are getting paid. And I was like, Oh, that sounds so great, but no. And when you say no, it starts to create this magnetism in order to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if your manifestation still hasn't come through, are you unblocked? Like where are you holding sort of all of this programming, you know, going in and examining all of these things, going in and examining your deservingness or, you know, what, what's the root of why it might not be coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other phases of the process, which, you know, if you guys are interested in learning more, definitely highly recommend everyone to how to manifest. It's like. Walking you through the process, um, and then the other work within the pathway is more of the deep imaginings, the unblocking pieces, inventory on tests, all of that fun stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. That was so helpful. I really hope anyone who sent in those questions that that feels supportive. I mean, I learned so many new things, and I've been in this Yay. work for a couple of years. So, thank you so much for doing that. And we're starting to wrap up, so I want to do just a handful of, like, some deep, some not-so-deep questions. Call it rapid fire if you want, but please don't feel like you have to rush, Um, (laughs) yeah, as we start to wrap up the show. So is that good with you? Yeah, that sounds awesome. cool. Okay, so if you could take just, like, a deep belly breath here and ask your soul, like, your truest self, what do you think is the takeaway from all of the heartache the world has seen in 2020, and what do you think is to follow? Oh. Okay, well, wait, say the first part again. So if you could ask your truest self, what do you think is the takeaway from all of the heartache that the world has seen in 2020? Mm.
1: I, think, I think one of the most powerful takeaways is like, the fact that it's brought so many things to light. So unfortunately, there are a lot of horrible things going on in the world and um, those things are not new. Mm -hmm. And these things are not things that haven't been happening for a long time. More people are just aware of them. Right. And we happen to live in a technological age, which everything can be blasted and thrown up on the Internet in an instantaneous second. And I think everyone being home for quarantine... Uh, allows even more time to sort of learn and go down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. and expose themselves to ideas, things, systems, all of these things that are going on, um, oppression, racism, uh, healthcare issues, climate change issues, all of these things that have been happening for a long time. And so I think the, the biggest positive takeaway is that you can't fix or change anything Mm -hmm. unless you're aware that it's even happening. And so bringing to light, it's kind of like that moment where you're like, let's get really real of where we're at right now. Because if we don't even know where we're starting from, how can we hope to fix it? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really about like this unearthing of all of these things. So we can sort of evaluate and figure out how can we navigate for a better world.
0: Oh, that's so well said. Gave me chills. (laughs) Are you an early bird or a night owl? Night owl. I have tried to be
1: an early bird so hard. It is just not in my nature. It's so funny. Me and my partner, exact same. When the sun goes down, we will like something will click and we're like oh my gosh we're yeah, this did, that we're them <laughs> yeah. we're like on fire like my poor team I'm like slacking them at like 10 11 and I'm like please don't read this till tomorrow but I had to tell you this idea yeah. like I like love but I also like waking up early because I yeah. feel productive and all mm-hmm. these things so it's a balancing act but definitely the creative flow yeah. is happening at night
0: mm, that's so good What's a piece of your life that you celebrate daily?
1: Ooh, uh, my relationship.
0: So good. You worked hard to get there.
1: Yeah, Yeah. we, we worked really hard on it and we're, I mean, it's crazy to say this, but like quarantine has really solidified for us, like how strong of a place we're at right now
0: and just really thankful for, Mm. for him and for what we built together. That's so lovely. If you could wish one thing upon humanity, what would that be?
1: Oh um, self-love, self-love. I feel like that would fix a lot of a lot of issues. If mm-hmm. people were able to really love themselves and not project their pain on other people and just be able to hold themselves wholly mm-hmm. um, that would just be so beautiful.
0: Amen to that. What is one of your favorite businesses to support right now?
1: Ooh. Oh gosh. Um, I would say, I would say like any sort of healing company, you know, like Mm -hmm. the people who are trying to like create a sustainable living or people who are in, you know, wellness. Um, but really do your research, obviously. Mm -hmm. And obviously a big one is supporting black owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, but i think finding those really small businesses that are just like struggling to make the shift during quarantine just even look in your community i think instagram mm-hmm. has a um like an option where you can look at like small businesses and it'll have like a filter or something mm-hmm. so you can even look in your area and be like what are the small businesses that resonate with me because there's so many badass companies out there that like we just don't get sponsored ad for on Mm -hmm. Instagram. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, dive into those and see how you can support because where you put your money is where you're telling people I want more of this in the world. Absolutely. Yes. So important to do your research before, you know, spending your you know, spending your money is like voting in a weird way. Absolutely. So think about where you're doing that and do it consciously and towards the companies that want to make a lasting change, or mm-hmm. at least even if they're not doing it yet, that's at their core. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I've also been um, really hyperactive about trying to support small businesses um, owned by women as well. Mm, um, yes. That's kind of something I just watched the social dilemma, the documentary on oh. Netflix, I was like, so jived after i watched that i was like oh my gosh like you said it's like where i'm putting my money is where i'm telling them that like this is what i want to support this is what i want to see more of and the longer i look at something that i don't agree with or like does not feel good or that i don't support the more they're like oh she wants more so Uh really trying to be super mindful when it comes to social media
1: I mean, Social Dilemma is a great example of, like, bringing things to the surface. You know, I think that's a great documentary. And then um, The Great Hack on Netflix talks about, like, the 2016 election and how Facebook and Cambridge Analytica played a factor in that. And Mm -hmm. so, again, take news and sensationalism for what it is. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is still trying to bring other ideas to the surface. Absolutely. Yeah
0: do you have a favorite Instagram account right now that you're following um
1: I love we just had her on the expanded podcast which is to magnetics podcast but Melissa Wood health ah oh, I am so such good a fan she's such an expander yeah. she just is such a great. Um, reality expander because she's badass. She's confident. She's like this amazing fitness and, and, um, female business owner. But at the same time, she has real moments. Like she had an Instagram story today where she's like, you know what? I want to show you the real side. Like today was not my day, mm-hmm. not get sleep last night. She's like, Oh, look, I have sweat, like pit stands in this post. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is so embarrassing, but yeah. like, this is real life. Mm-hmm. And that more, real life, no more filters, no more, all this stuff. Like I want to see the real human you mm-hmm. because seeing that out there is like validating for everyone else that mm-hmm. like, Oh, it doesn't all have to be perfect and shiny. Cause it's not
0: mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> it's so true. So because I'm an interior design enthusiast, it's one of my biggest passions. I want to ask if you don't know, that's okay. But what would you say is your design style when it comes to your home?
1: Uh I'm obsessed with interior design like I would only want to interior design my own house my like dream dream like big picture manifestation is to like every room in the house design it to the bottom to top yeah um but I would say it's a mix between mid-century modern pieces and like funky natural elements cool like, adding in, like, a brick or a stone Mm -hmm. or, like, I want to have, like, crazy cool architecture. Like, my Pinterest boards are just out of control at this point.
0: (laughs) Uh, Same. What's the most prized possession that you own?
1: Hmm honestly, my gut was like laptop and phone.
0: That's but, okay. Like, that's
1: so, but, that's but that's okay. So lame, Cause that's putting all my like words <laughs> into these things. But that's but also I, your
0: creativity house, you know? Yeah. So
1: I, I think, I think probably because I also have like all of my scripts and a lot of like online journal entries, yeah. Life hack for anyone. Um, there is a program called Ohm writer. I'm sure I'll give you the links. So you can okay. add it, add it to the notes, but, um, It essentially is just, like, a free writing – it's free, I think. It might be, like, seven bucks. Um, But essentially, you download it on your desktop, and it blinks – it takes over the whole screen, so there's no distraction. There's no, like, file tab at the top. It just is the whole screen. And you can have, like, really cool soothing colors in the background, and Mm. you can have your keyboard make sounds like it's typing, or you can have, like, a background noise of, like, the waterfall or whatever. So if you ever need to just – check in and just free, write. I highly recommend it.
0: I need to try that. Yeah, definitely send me the link. It's awesome. Okay. Lastly, what does being human mean to you? Mm.
1: Uh, Grappling with existential issues. I think, I think being human is, has an interesting set of challenges. Obviously it brings so much joy and love, but at the same time, I think humans have a lot of difficulty facing the fact that they don't know for 100% certain where they came from, where they're going. And I think being human is that both and of, I might not know and I can still enjoy this chapter. And I can still have Mm. hope, you know, and I can still have an inner knowing or belief of the next chapter. But um, yeah, the existential crises, I think is very
0: innately human so good i wish i could hug you you are such an incredible human and i truly hope our paths cross in person come 2021 maybe daniel will take you back to chicago maybe you can come back to chicago I come know. See I, come, I usually
1: come back for Thanksgiving because my okay. family does, like, a big Thanksgiving. My sister goes to college there. Oh, my gosh. So. Yeah,
0: let's get coffee or something. Yes. Well, I love Chicago. It's so magical. It really is. Thank you so much for sharing your light with us, and oh. I hope to have you back on the show again. I'm sure I can find a reason. <laughs> like I said, yes, you're, like, so I layered. Love I love cool. it. Yeah. Really? This
1: is so fun. Thank you so much. You're and amazing. So questions.
0: Thank you. So, before we do end this episode, though, I want everyone to know where they can find you. Any links you want to share, anything like that?
1: Yeah. So, um, personal stuff. You can find me on Instagram at Jessica Ashley Gill. Um, for everything to be magnetic, it's at To Be Magnetic. Check out the website. Check out the pathway, which is like our all-encompassing membership. Mm-hmm. I cannot recommend it enough. If you um, are still kind of confused as to what it is, I'll send you some of our like introductory podcast episode links where we talk about what it is, break it down. Awesome. Um, but tune into the expanded podcast that I co-host with Lisi mm-hmm. and yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm always down to talk in DMs and chat.
0: So she is. That's how we sure. got connected. So she responds. She's super, super friendly she's the real deal yeah thank you so much jess lots of love to you and look forward to catching up later you too so there you have it you guys that was the amazing jessica gill from to be magnetic i hope this episode was super expanding and just gave you a lot of knowledge when it comes to manifestation because i know that it's something that can be a little confusing at first if you listened all the way through, you even hear that I learned some new things and I've been doing this work for a little over two years. So there's always room for us to grow, to learn new knowledge and to apply it to our own lives. If you have any follow-up questions, please do not hesitate to get in touch with myself at hello at the calmcollective.com. or you can find me on Instagram at the calm collective underscore. You can also reach out to Jess. All of her info will be in the show notes. As always, I am just so, so grateful that you continue to show up each week. And if you're brand new, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. And I will see you back here next week.